Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Today's a rare day, and it's going to sound negative, I don't mean for it to, but today's a rare day. This is something that uh, you do not get to say, have not been able to say very often in the history of this state. First of all, this is Sports Sunday. Not Michael King, the Cajun contractor, like the website says. This is Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. Also not the Gallo Show. Not the Gallo Show, as the link says. That's tomorrow at 6 a.m., Uh, But for now, we're here to talk sports. Today, though, is a unique day. We talked about this some, oh, last month? No, two months ago, I guess. It's been uh, a little while since the Ole Miss women's golf team won a national championship. And while women's golf is not the same profile as football, basketball, and baseball, it is still a national championship, something that we do not get to talk about very often, if ever. Recent history has featured a team from Mississippi in a national championship in 2013. Mississippi State Baseball made the national championship series, ultimately fell victim to UCLA, but they got there. The women's basketball team got to the national championship in basketball not too terribly long ago, and if you were a State fan watching Late Night Sports Center last night after your game, they, for some reason, had that highlight during a commercial break. I bet that didn't feel particularly good. But today is... A unique day because we get to sit here and say to you and you get to say to your friends, your family, to yourself many times that tomorrow, just one day, Mississippi State's playing for a national championship. Regardless of what happens, how cool does that feel to say out loud again? Mississippi State is playing for a national championship. Well, technically Tuesday or Wednesday, but starting tomorrow, they're playing for a national championship. What an incredible feeling. What a team. What a run. This has been so much fun to watch. And now you get another shot. My neighbor, two doors down, my Mississippi State neighbor was loading up his car. He and what looked like his son. I've never met his son, but... uh, He was rocking state gear. A younger man that looked like him, again, I assume it's his son, uh, was rocking Mississippi state gear. They were loading up the car ready to go to Omaha. That's exactly where they were going. And I know a lot of you are probably doing the same. If you get a chance to go, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it, oh, should I, should I not go? Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Because on one hand, regardless of the result, you will get to say forever that you got to watch Mississippi State play for a national championship. You don't want to lose that. Go. Do what my neighbor did. Just get in the car and go. If you got to stay in Iowa, stay in Iowa. There's a pedestrian bridge right across the street from the stadium that takes you to Iowa. It's not far. The drive is miserable, but it's worth it. About how far is it? It's like 12 hours, right? Let's see. Okay. Yeah, you'd be willing to trade 12 hours to watch your team 
potentially win a national championship. That is a lifetime of memories. My brother being a Clemson football fan, he hasn't missed a college football playoff game yet that Clemson's been in, and he wouldn't regret it, no matter all the travel, all the craziness that goes along with it, trying to find hotels, and it's all worth it. So go. Google says 843 miles, 12 and a half hours from Jackson. It's a heck of a day. Yeah. It's a heck of a trip. Apparently that drive across Missouri feels like the entire 12 hours, just that drive. But it is worth it. What a day. What a night last night for Mississippi State. That was just incredible. And uh, I do want to start with this. So... Something that comes up in sports conversations a lot is the word clutch. Uh, You've seen it in this recent NBA playoffs. You see it in baseball, football. Clutch is a a term that is thrown out there all the time. But the thing is about clutch is we just attribute it to one player. Over the history of sports, it's been one guy. It's been Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan's the most clutch player ever. It's been Wayne Gretzky, the great one in hockey. Tom Brady, he's clutch. Drew Brees, I mean, if you look at the Saints record after Drew Brees led a game-leading fourth-quarter drive in which they lost, it'll make you sick. (laughs) But he was clutch. But that's all we talk about in sports is individual performances being clutch. One player, one guy is clutch, and that's what he's known for. But yet again last night, it's not one guy for Mississippi State. I mean, we spent weeks talking about this. Now I talk about it every day on the live stream. But it's not one person. It's not one guy. It's not one team. Hell, it's not one coach. Something about this Mississippi State program is clutch. It's everybody. It's a hero last night that Chris Lamona said in the postgame, kid doesn't play that much. And if you look at his numbers, you didn't expect him to be the guy in that moment, in the, the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth, to deliver a walk-off. But, but he did. He walked to the plate with something that has been etched inside of him that I am going to win this game right now. And it's not just him. It's not Rowdy Jordan. It's not Tanner Allen. It's not Jake Mangum. It's not Wes Ray. It's not Elijah McNamee. It's everybody. It's every single player that puts on that uniform, that plays in that program, at least in recent history, although they've been to Omaha six decades in a row now, multiple times in each decade, too. But it's not one guy. It's every guy. And that's what, to me, makes this Mississippi State program so unique in sports because we spend so much time talking about one guy that gets you through. One individual performance from one player. The Jordan flu game. That kind of stuff. Steph Curry. But it's only Steph Curry. It's not the Warriors. It's Steph Curry. It's not the Patriots. It's Tom Brady. It's Mississippi State baseball. Every single player that has been in that program since I have lived in this state has had that, has believed that, has felt that. When they walk to the plate, there's not a moment that's too big. 
There is not a spot in the game. There is not a strike left on the board where those guys in that dugout do not believe I am going to be the guy that wins the game. Not we are going to win the game. I'm going to be the guy that wins the game. And that mindset resonates through that entire dugout, through the coaching staff, and through every single fan in Omaha. They're at their loudest when things are tightest. It's amazing. I mean, every single person affiliated with that baseball program, if there's a strike left, doesn't matter. I'm winning. I'm making the play. Not he, not our SEC player of the year. He makes plays, but it's not going to be him tonight. It's going to be me. It's infectious. And you can, obviously, I'm not in Omaha. I'm not there. But I can feel it through my television. You can see it on their faces, on their body language, the way they act, the way they carry themselves. I'm making the play. I'm better than that guy across from me. I'm going to get the hit here. I'm winning today. You can't quantify stuff like that, but you can see it and you can feel it. It's unbelievable to watch. I cannot, especially in baseball, I cannot remember watching any other program or team where you felt this kind of vibe. And you know, it hasn't translated to a championship yet. And the Clarion Ledger reminded you guys last night. I want to talk about that, actually. Because, um, boy, you want to talk about an embarrassment. The clickbait that we got from the old Clarion Ledger last night was the worst timed. Anyway, we'll get to that later. It hasn't translated to a championship yet, but guys, it's going to. It's going to. Even if it's not this week, it's going to. This baseball program, the way they play, will translate to a national championship. It is going to happen. I hope and I think it's going to happen this week. But if it doesn't, if if it's comforting, it's going to happen. Because obviously the talent's there. And um, competing like this on the biggest stage is only going to help you get more talent. But the way they play, this is, it's a championship mindset, mentality, culture, whatever. And it's going to translate to one soon, as early as Tuesday night. 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. You guys want to be a part of the show this morning. I'd love to have you on there. We'll talk all about this more. Mississippi State playing for a national championship tomorrow. And then the NC State situation. On top of what happened to NC State, the way that the NCAA has handled, I know it's trivial, but the way they've handled social media after the fact has been especially embarrassing. The whole situation is absolute garbage. And spoiler alert, it gave Vanderbilt a huge advantage tomorrow. How about that? 601-879-4395 is the text line. Please be a part of the show this morning. We'd love to have you talk in national championship, at least participant, Mississippi State. It was an awesome night last night. We'll keep talking about it next. It's a great song. It kind of killed the vibe, though. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a bad choice on my part. Welcome back into Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. If you want to give a shout-out to somebody, Barstool Carl. You guys may or may not know who he is. He's... 
Chicago through and through, but he's at the College World Series with uh, with my guy Ben Mintz and Brandon Walker, and they've been covering the College World Series. And you can love Barstool, hate Barstool, whatever, but uh, them being there is only good for college baseball. But Carl, he's a funny guy. I don't know. I mean, you may not be familiar with him again. I just He's hilarious, and he is deep Chicago, and he's got that deep Chicago accent. He's been rocking an Illinois jersey in Omaha the entire week, has not taken it off yet. Anyway, this is what he tweeted at 6.30 last night, right after Texas hit that home run. Carl said that ball was absolutely crushed. He said something else, but you get my point. The state faithful has gone very quiet. No doubt they will come back and tie it, though. We should just fast forward to the eighth inning at 3-3. Three to three. <laughs> And guess what the score was in the eighth inning? <laughs> He's some kind of prophet, apparently. But that kind of thing, that's the point. Every time I talk about Mississippi State ball, uh, Mississippi State baseball, anytime anybody talks about Mississippi State baseball, that should be, I mean, this guy. I bet Barstool Carl has not watched any college baseball this year. None. That would be my guess. He's a Cubs guy. Lives in either Chicago or New York City, working for Barstool. They don't watch college baseball. He gets to Omaha, and he watches that team for a week, and it's, yeah, they're they're going to tie it up. Like, Texas just hit a home run, but, I mean, come on. We all know what's happening here. And he's been paying attention for a week. That's how palpable it is. I was with a few state fans after the game last night, and when I got there, they were saying, you know, oh, my heart can't take any more of this. And I said, I was like, there's some level of you shouldn't be worried, yeah. though. <laughs> I mean, it can be stressful in the moment, but in the back of your head, at least this season, you should know, hey, we're going to win anyway. So it's not worth the stress in the early innings because yeah. you know at the end you're going to come back and win. So I, text- I tried, to, tried to settle him down that way. Not to claim I'm a prophet or anything, but I texted a friend after the 8th. I said, we both know how this ends, right? I thought about texting you, actually. I, I was going to say, just so I have this on the record, I should have done it. But I, was watching, but I believe that you had yeah. that thought, no doubt. Because I was watching the game on my phone, though, so I couldn't go away from it, which was annoying. But <laughs> I would have done it. I mean, just a really special, special night uh, last night. Uh, Bender was good, not great. Landon Sims was well. He was he was Landon Sims, uh, but of course it it, it doesn't matter because you have the heroics. Um, it, it's just like Chris Simona said. I, I've said it in the first segment, but it's a kid that barely plays. I mean, the, the guy on second doesn't play much. That you know stole a base. Bad throw from the Texas catcher, but he was rushed because the kid can absolutely fly, can Braylon Skinner. But guy that scored the run barely plays. Guy that got the hit doesn't play that much. But they were called upon, and look at what they did. Just who they are. And you've joked about it before as far as a lot of the names on the Mississippi State roster (laughs) that they do start to run together a little bit. That's truly part of the identity, is that it's nameless, faceless. They all believe in one common goal, and I think that's how you get to this result of a team that literally never says die. And like you've said, if they have one strike left, they believe they're still going to come back and win any game that they're in.
Tanners and Allens and Jordans and <laughs> there's just too many of them to keep up. Uh, Richard on text line says, Jordan said there's no I in team, but there is a win. Spencer Brookhaven's headed to Orange Beach this morning. Awesome, man. Enjoy yourself down there. I know well, I was in Destin last week, even though it rained the entire time. There were Bulldog fans everywhere. So uh, I'm sure you can catch up with somebody down there and, and watch these games in Omaha. Did you get any sunshine while you were there? Three hours. Total? Three hours total. Oh, no. Of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, all at once, though, which was nice. Hmm. I even I still sunburned the top of my feet. I was going to say, that's enough time to get sunburned yep. for the whole trip. It's always the top of my feet, man. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, my, I had uncomfortable shoes for like three days after that. Uh, he also said, good morning. Wow, what a win by the dogs. We have followed our dogs for over 30 years. About 15 of us were sitting on the porch last night. And we all agreed this team is different. I will slightly disagree with you there, though. Because we've seen this before, you know? I mean, th- th- this, is this team really different than others you've seen? <laughs> and that's a compliment, of course. I-, I hope you understand that. Jason's mad that he got up to listen to us this morning. Ah, well, it's get over it. it, man. <laughs> get over it. Um, William, yeah, you're not kidding. If the throw was good, it, Kyle Peterson was right last night. If that throw was good, he's probably out. He said that stolen base by Skinner scared me to death. He slid way too early. Yeah. For the last two days, all they had talked about on the broadcast, every time somebody got on bases, well, they're not going to challenge this catcher. He's got a great arm back there. And then the one time he got a chance to show it off, it was one of the worst throws I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, was really, he almost, I mean, he almost threw that in the outfield. Yeah, it wasn't even close. And Skinner, he didn't get a good jump, and the slide was bad. But he managed to make it there because that throw was horrendous. It's, uh, what a night. It was a great baseball game, too. I mean, you had everything. I mean, I mean, Bettner, I said he wasn't his best because his best is one of the best in the nation. I mean, he still, he went six and a third and gave up three runs. Uh, that'll play. I mean, that, that'll win you baseball games. So I, I hope that wasn't taken incorrectly. But you had good pitchers. Both of Texas's guys were good. Bettner and Sims are obviously very good. But you had, you had home runs. You had timely hitting. You had great defense. Texas's shortstop is just smooth, man. He's smooth. So you had good plays in the field. You had the long ball. You had manufactured runs. You had good pitching. A great crowd that was into it, engaged. That was fun last night. That was a lot of fun watching that. Except the beach balls. That's got to stop. I hate that. I don't know how long that's been a tradition in Omaha, but that needs to come to an end. It's not a Jimmy Buffett concert. Quit with the beach balls. They just kept on coming onto the field. And at some point, I saw other fans as like they started to make their way towards the field. I saw a couple of state fans actually reach up and like grab them and just hold on to them and say, we're done with you this. You pull out your car keys and just... Yeah, honestly, that's what people need to start doing. That was so infuriating. I agree with you. That. I don't want to be a fun sponge because I'm sure it's fun, but like when it stops play that often, we, we got we to gotta cool it. Really baseball is a sport it. that has issues with pace of play anyway. We don't need beach balls coming onto see, the field. The, the, game, the, the first game uh, that State lost with Texas, the umpire just decided to start issuing balls and strikes for, for game delay? I have never seen that before until then. And I, I love how he decided to give a strike to the Texas player, right? Because he, he wouldn't keep a foot in the box. And you do that to try to speed up pace of play. But 
when he decided to, to issue a strike for Texas, he had to call the other umpires in to have a meeting. So it took longer, more of a delay of the game, to issue the delay of game penalty. I mean, what are we doing? Baseball. There you it's, go. It's an, It's been an ump show in Omaha. It's been really bad. And the zone's been bad, too. I mean, last night, if you're consistent, fine. I mean, Bedner wasn't it, either. The, the Texas guys weren't either. Inside strikes, they weren't getting called. On the plate. Over the plate. But if it was inside, on the inside corner, they were not getting that call all night. But four or five inches off the plate, they were getting that call. It just... Little things like that just irk me to death. This is the national championship. This is the College World Series. You shouldn't have guys guessing for three innings about what the zone is going to be. Over the plate should be the zone, full stop. Right. The zone has been terrible all weekend. And Chris Limonis, you saw him yelling at the umpire last night, and rightfully so. It was just so inconsistent throughout both games of just you had no idea what was going to be a strike or when it was going to be a strike, which is worse. I mean, Benner probably could have been stretched a little bit more if he was getting that inside strike call. I mean, it just frustrates me. That really frustrates me. Both of those guys at one point were starting and got replaced, but this team is so unselfish, each player has stayed focused and had a chance to produce. Yeah, it could have been very easy for those guys to lose focus and pout and whatever, but instead waited for their shot. And then delivered. I mean, there was conversation on the show. Ah, up against a hard break. They always sneak up on you. Um, that one of the many tanners on the roster. <laughs> uh, but can't be on the field anymore. He was that bad. And then he steps up last night. Wins the game to send you to the national championship. Keep saying that out loud, guys. It's real. Mississippi State is playing for a national championship. And they're playing Vanderbilt, who is the beneficiary of an incredibly, well, we just call it stupid, situation for many reasons. And we'll discuss that next. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Get a message here that says it's nice that the program gets to the World Series and scores of other programs would love to, but you can't call a program or a team clutch if you go 0-11 with the chance to win a championship. I disagree completely. How did they get there? How did they get there? It took those kind of performances to get in this position. I mean, you will run into better teams at times. They might this week, especially one with an advantage like Vanderbilt has now. But what did it take to get here? I mean, it's splitting hairs, I guess. I mean, there's some truth to what you're saying. They haven't won a championship yet, as the Clarion Ledger reminded you at 830 last night. They basically did the exact opposite of what we did to open the show. Here's the thing about the Clarion Ledger, by the way. Uh, I'm I'm going to defend them, but only kind of. So, Gannett, the owner of all these newspapers, are, are gutting them completely. With the exception, I mean, we've got local papers in this state that do well. But 
a publication that's owned by Gannett is set up to fail, basically. Uh, they're completely understaffed and, in a lot of cases, don't really have high circulations anymore. The newspaper industry was dying a long time ago, and they never really adapted at all. And this corporate-owned media situation is creating what you saw last night. So the Clarion Ledger ran an article, if you want to call it that, at 8.30 last night, while Mississippi State was playing for a shot at a national championship. And the headline, or at least of the tweet, now, I guess it was the headline of the article as well. Has Mississippi State baseball ever won the College World Series? Here's the answer. Shameless clickbait. I almost, and keyword is almost, respect how shameless that pathetic attempt at clickbait is. But when you pull up the article, it's written by somebody that doesn't cover Mississippi State or somebody that lives in the state at all. In fact, they really just copy and pasted Wikipedia. They just put... Oh, their College World Series appearances were these years, and none of them ended in a championship. Like, that's it. I mean, it, it's, it was terrible. But that's what you should come to expect from a publication that covers Mississippi sports, that has social media managers that don't live here, that has writers that apparently don't live here, because the guy that wrote it does not live here. And, again, they're understaffed. I didn't live in Mississippi when the Clarion Ledger was the news source. So I understand why a lot of you get really bothered by the things that they do. You you should adapt that thinking. It's not relevant anymore. It's it's just not. It's simply not. And last night was a really good example of why not. I promise every person involved with that article and then also the Sam Ellinger throws shade at Mississippi State after home run, like that's what they ran during the game last night, was had has Mississippi State baseball ever won the College World Series? Here's the answer. Again, that's like BuzzFeed-level pathetic clickbait. And also something about Sam Ellinger trolling Mississippi State after the, the home run. I mean, that's what you get. Here it is. Sam Ellinger taunts Mississippi State baseball Will Bednar after early Texas lead at College World Series. That's what you get when you have people that don't actually live here or cover the teams, that are understaffed, that are having to do this for a bunch of papers across the country. It's not relevant anymore. So when stuff like this happens, don't get mad. Just ignore it. Right. There are people in the moment that we're spending time and energy getting mad at that. Celebrate your team making it to the College World Series final. Don't worry about what this newspaper that's kind of local but not really. Don't worry what they're posting. Enjoy the moment. It happens all the time. I mean, people get mad at it all the time. Oh, they're old Miss homers. No, they're not. Those people live in Nashville. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. They're homers of nothing. They're homers of getting way underpaid to run social media for a dozen newspapers across the country. And because of that, they do a terrible job. Yeah, by the time it gets to the relevant fan base and the people that are looking at it, the person that posted it is on to their next three stories and their next yeah. five social media posts because news is a black hole that you just have to keep posting and whatever. So they're not looking at it from the view 
of somebody who's invested in the story. They're yeah. looking at it as just another post that gets people to click on the website and then go to another article on the website. That's the mindset. Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, apparently, I ran out of my number of clicks that I had on Gannett articles, though. So they were asking me to pay for the whole. Here's the answer. <laughs> you don't want to pay for high level content like that. I would have if it would have all fit in one screenshot. I would have screenshotted it and put it out there. But yeah, you wonder why your stock price is failing and you're having to continue to, because you you run it like this. I mean, it, it's embarrassing. You have to if you're going to do media right, you can't do it with bare bones like they're trying to. And so that's what you get. I understand why. I mean, again, I didn't grow up in the state to where where they were the news source, the big deal, you know, but they're, they're not now. Guys, I, their circulation numbers, are, I mean, they're not now. You don't need to get upset about what they print anymore. Because they're set up for failure, the ones that still exist. It's just not relevant. So don't worry about it, I guess is what I would say. A lot of people were upset. Understandably so, but just... If you ignore it, it'll go away. That's the thing. As long as you guys didn't click on that shameless clickbait, it's okay. They got, what, what do they call it, ratioed? That's what the kids are calling it, I think. That's what the kids are calling it now. It got ratioed pretty hard. Another thing that got uh, ratioed pretty hard was uh, the NCAA College World Series official social media accounts. And, Again, social media is trivial, but this underscores a larger issue with what's going on in Omaha right now. At 8.20 last night, the NCAA official uh, College World Series account that also shared the news that NC State was being sent home because of health and safety protocols put out a graphic with a picture of the packed house that was there last night. And tonight's attendance, 21,833. Bragging about a packed house, a crowd of 22,000 people who have not been tested, which is, I, I, I'm not saying that they should be, but hear me out, who have not been tested, who did not have to verify that they have been vaccinated, do not have to wear masks, and do not have to socially distance. That is something that they are proud of and promote and support, and you are allowed to do. But NC State couldn't play yesterday in a naturally socially distanced sport when they had 20-plus players that had tested negative. They sent NC State home when they could have fielded a roster. They could have played. They sent them home because it wasn't safe. But they promote a crowd of 22,000 people who are not tested, who are not socially distant, who are not wearing masks, who do, who do not need to verify whether or not they've been vaccinated. That right there, the tone deafness, whatever you want to call it, underscores the stupidity of all of this. NC State, I understand not letting the positive players play. I get that. I'm not going to argue that. But sending the team home, sending them home, when they could have played, by the way, sending them home, and then promoting the massive crowd that watched a game yesterday, underscores 
why I hate that organization so much, why I spend so much time talking about it, because people need to wake up to the fact that college athletics is run by, at best, an incompetent group of severely overpaid morons, at absolute best. At worst, it's corruption. I have a theory. And maybe it's not fair. Again, it's just a theory. I have a theory that they sent NC State home because they didn't want to lose their championship series. Because there's a chance that more NC State players would test positive later on. There's a chance, although they, again, had 20-plus available yesterday. They didn't send NC State home because they were afraid or for health and safety or anything like that. No, they sent NC State home because they wanted to make sure they could make a bunch of money tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and hopefully for them, Wednesday night. They they cut this off because they were afraid of losing their championship. That's why. It's not has nothing to do with it. Because if it was all about health and safety, 22,000 people wouldn't have been able to pack the stadium last night. Let's call it what it is. More on that. 601-879-4395 is the text line when we come back. This whole situation's a mess. NC State, if you remember on Friday, played with 13 players and played admirably, by the way. It was really impressive to watch. The NCAA announced that yesterday's, or what would have been yesterday's game, was declared a no contest after additional positives uh, eliminated NC State from their ability to play. We learned later that it was six total. Two from unvaccinated players and four from vaccinated players. But that was it. Six. You take six guys off a baseball team, guess what? You can put nine out there. Either way. The announcement came at after 1 a.m., so after 2 o'clock, in the morning, Eastern Time, where Raleigh, North Carolina is. Um, so many questions. And I saw so much of, um, well, that's what they get. That's what they get. It's their fault. Uh, tell that to the four vaccinated kids that got it. That's what they get, right? They, they did the right thing, but, but that's what they, they get what they deserve, right? They didn't get a chance to play for a championship, although they did everything right. That, that's really what we're going to do? I, I I disagree with it, but I hear it if you know you're gonna pull the blame game on guys that haven't gotten it yet. But tell that to the ones that did it right, that did get the shot, that should have been able to play in a naturally socially distant sport where we have learned, by the way, that it's I mean, next to impossible to spread it outside, by the way. And in baseball, naturally, you're kind of very far apart from each other. Either way, they could have played yesterday. The positive test, isolate them if you want, whatever. But the guys that turned up negative results should have been allowed to play. That would have been the correct decision. And I am I am so sick of, especially people in sports media, well, that's what they get. Yeah. I'm sorry you were a loser and didn't get a chance to play for something like this. You didn't actually succeed in sports. You only write about it. it you know, that sounds bad. Yeah, I didn't play college sports. I, I didn't. 
But you've got people in this business that don't quite understand what it takes to get to where they are because they never tried. They never did it. And they don't have that perspective. So when you sit up behind your computer writing for whatever SB Nation is calling themselves now and say things like, oh, that's what they get. You reap what you sow. You get what you deserve. 19-year-old kid who got all of your dreams stripped away from you by an organization that collects millions of dollars for themselves. You're a loser. Tell that to the four kids that did it right. That tested positive after they got the vaccine. Tell that to them. That they get what they deserve which was not a chance to compete for a national championship, which is what they deserve. That's what they deserve. They deserved a chance to play yesterday. There's enough players that turned up negative results that could have played if you were not a coward. If that line of thinking wasn't supported by people, there are people that actually support this decision from the NCAA. A lot of them get paid to write about sports. A lot of them have platforms and influence. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. But that, that's the thing that drives me the most crazy. Now that we know that vaccinated players have tested positive, shaming them the way some have, it's pathetic. They should have played. They should have played. 20-plus guys. What, roster of 35? Eight of whom are walk-ons. So if six were not able to play, that's enough. That's plenty. And you know what? That's enough to win. They should have on Friday. They had the game-winning run on first base on Friday with 13 guys. Give them 10 more. You think they're not going to give Vanderbilt the run? I also I wonder how much of it is a liability thing from the NCAA, which is still garbage. It's, and it's garbage something because they put 22,000 people in the stands yesterday. Right. But... With the, with the vaccinated players testing positive, we've heard a lot of, well, when you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine. You can go about your regular business after exposure and all this kind of stuff. And so I know they are testing, so the result came up. But if they weren't testing, they would have no idea that they have it. So why would you not just let them play? If that makes sense. It might not, but... Uh- It does, and we'll talk about this more up against a hard break again because some of you guys have texted in, and I would love to get to those as well. But (sighs) It's theater. It's all theater. That's exactly – it's theater. It's theater. And they ruined a bunch of college kids, their run that they made. Going to Fayetteville, Arkansas and beating the number one team in the country. Getting all the way to what is effectively the Final Four. Having to get beaten twice. And they could have fielded a roster. Even if you take out the negatives or the positives, which I am okay with. And I think all of you are too. But the rest of them should have been allowed to play. But hey, let's brag about the 22,000 people you put in the stands though. Congrats to you, NCAA. It'll be a great day when you fold. Hour two coming up next. Hour number two, off and running. Michael Borky and Stephen Gagliano with you. It is Sports Sunday. Still not home talk with Michael King, the Cajun contractor. This is Sports Sunday. We, uh, If you're just joining us, we left off talking about the NC State situation. Didn't really get into it all that much because I'm just fired up about it. I think it's absurd what happened to those guys. 
I think the reaction, at least that you've gotten from some people, is absurd. Uh, with the, well, that's what they get. You know, it's their fault, whatever. Uh, like I said before, tell that to the four guys that got the shot and still tested positive. Tell that to them. Because that's why they're not playing. It's because they, they had four more. That's why they're not playing. Guys that did it the right way. That that got the shot. So criticize them from your ivory tower of journalistic pretentiousness, if you'd like. And then on top of that, the NCAA bragging about attendance. Bragging about attendance. Packed house. 22,000 people. The same day they sent a team home. It makes no sense with with these limits on crowds in certain places, and obviously there's not one there. But in, in one of the NHL series, the Canadians and the uh, and Vegas, there's still not a lot of fans in these Canadian arenas, and we've talked about yeah. that that's ridiculous. Outside of the arena, you have thousands of people huddled yeah. together, watching on a big screen, <laughs> cheering and hugging whenever something happens. It's the same kind of thing. It's who are we doing this for? Why do you still have these protocols in place that now just ruined this team's chance at a College World Series final appearance? Theater. Yeah, that's all it is, and it's ridiculous. And now you have this situation where, like you said, they could have still fielded a team just like a couple months ago, maybe about a month ago now, the NCAA Women's Golf Regional could have taken place at that course. In Baton so Rouge, what? There's yeah. a little bit of rain. There's a puddle on a couple holes. Play the tournament. Let the kids play. If the NCAA truly had any sense and actually cared about the student athletes like they like to wax poetic about, they would let them play or find a way to, make, to allow them to play. And they don't even try. They issue a press release at 2 a.m. telling these kids that their season and the biggest moment of their lives is over. And then the the most pathetic part about it is they release that statement at 2.30 in the morning. The NC State team got to go on the field and huddle together and take a picture on the field. Which is closer than they would be at any point during an actual yep. baseball game. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then they traveled home together. That sounds unsafe. They can't play baseball, but they can sit on an airplane together and in a bus together. Which one is more dangerous in terms of virus transmission? Being on a baseball field or huddled together in an airplane? It's all theater. The hockey thing is the most egregious. But I I can tell you why. Because they sold sponsorships on the tarps around the arena. That's true. That's why they're letting a bunch of people outside of the state. I swear. I mean, I don't mean to be a cynic, but... There's no other reason for that. At this point, at this point, the shot is readily available for anybody who wants it. Readily available. If you don't get it, it's on you because it's available for you. But going through all of this and then letting, it's the hypocrisy of it. It's it's total hypocrisy. It's theater. And it's fear. The only way that I can make sense of this is they are afraid or were afraid 
if more positives came up at NC State and they beat Vanderbilt, they would have to sacrifice the millions of dollars that they'll be making this week. That's that's why. It wasn't thinking what's best for the kids. It was thinking what's best for themselves. And but, de- delaying it for like a week, that's out of the question probably because of TV contracts oh, of and course. all that kind of stuff. Benny Sarkville says, I've never been for it, but it's time for the Power Five to break away. Enough of this hypocritical crap. It, yeah, it's... There are so many examples. The women's golf tournament thing it still anchors me. There are multiple pages in the golf rule book that helps you navigate through water on a golf course. The pros do it. The guys making millions and millions of dollars, they play in standing water on, on wet golf courses. If they can do it, a bunch of college girls can. But the coward way out was to just cancel it all like a bunch of cowards. And here... NC State had six players test positive. Those guys, I think, there are some people that wouldn't support it. I think it would be absolutely appropriate to not allow them to play. I think that's that, that's fine. There are some people that argue that, well, they've got it and, and it doesn't matter anymore. And, and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I just, if they were to let NC State play without those six guys, I would have been okay with it. That would have been fine but to completely strip them of the opportunity to play. When in college football, teams would have to sit 20 players, 25 players because of COVID, yet they played football, which is a far more uh, socially connected sport. And by the way, the NFL season, they didn't trace one case to in-game transmission. Not one, not one, because it doesn't happen. I cannot believe, well, I can because it's the NCAA, but the fact that a bunch of adults who have gaudy salaries, by the way. Oh, and by the way, they, they kind of pawned it off on the local health and safety protocols. Well, the guy in charge said they didn't consult us. No, our, our recommendation was not to send NC State home. That would not have been our recommendation. Imagine that. I didn't see that, actually. <laughs> Yep. That's a tough look that for the was, NCAA. That was not the local health ordinance's recommendation. And the but NCAA, through all of this, they just somehow, for the longest time, have seemed so bulletproof. And they're able to make all of these terrible decisions and mistakes and come through it all. So thank God for the la- for the Supreme Court ruling last week, because I can only imagine that that's going to snowball here and get this ball rolling on the NCAA, just getting out of the college sports business. The answer for why this is allowed to continue, Mark Emmert got a, a contract extension. He makes like $3 million a year. He's Perhaps the most overpaid employee in the entire country. But, I mean, the answer is easy for why this is allowed to continue. Because the people that control the NCAA, I've heard so often, well, it's the schools. If you don't like it, leave. Well, the problem is it's not the athletic directors at the schools. It's the presidents and the chancellors. Nerds, forgive me, who don't care about sports. Career academics. We're lucky in this state You've got sports-minded people that run your universities. My gosh. Mark Keenum is on the college football playoff expansion committee. Like, he, he's part of it. 
Glenn Boyce is very sports-minded as well. We're lucky here, but it's not that case everywhere. I mean, the guy that Glenn Boyce replaced, I mean, listen to him speak and tell me that he has any idea about anything involving being athletic. Anything that wasn't ones and zeros on a computer screen, I'm pretty sure he had no idea. So that's why the NCAA is allowed to continue, because the people that are on these committees and boards and stuff that control them are not the people in sports. It's the people that run the universities. And people that run universities, generally speaking, are career academics who don't care. And it's not just the Power Five. It's Limestone College. They are involved in, you know, that's why this is happening. That's why it's allowed to continue, because the people that can control this don't know anything about it or couldn't care to. But a breakaway needs to come. William and Greenville says it would have been a good game between Mississippi State and NC State, but as you said, money talks. Vandy can buy the series. Hope MSU sends them home empty-handed. I can't read this morning. Um, and, of course, Vanderbilt would have had to play out of the loser's bracket. They would have, they did have to throw Kumar Rocker, but they would have had to throw Jack Leiter yesterday. And assuming he didn't throw a complete game, a bullpen arm or two. But instead... Mississippi State will be without Will Bedner, who could have pitched against Leiter on Monday, tomorrow. But he had to throw yesterday because Mississippi State had to earn their way into the championship series. And they had to do that with their best guy. Guess who Mississippi State gets to see tomorrow? Arrested and healthy Jack Leiter. A future top 10 pick. He would have thrown yesterday. He would have had to. So... Advantage Vanderbilt. Hmm. Where have I heard that before? More of your messages on this. It's a big, big story. It's a shame, really. At least those kids were greeted by a few thousand people when they got back to Raleigh last night, if that's any consolation, but it's not. And then Tim Corbin had a quote yesterday that really rubbed me the wrong way. We'll get to all that next. Somebody's driving to church right now, and they got fat bottom girls playing. <laughs> be stuck in your head too all day guy's gonna be up there talking about doing good and preaching the gospel and you're gonna have in the back of your head oh won't you take me (laughs) oh man this is sports sunday i'm michael borke stephen gagliano talking about the situation involving nc state and the ncaa and Sending sending a team home for having a couple positives. Steven was saying at the break, and he's right, I, I thought we were done with this. You know, it, it's been so long since we've really had this, had this to talk about even. Yeah, we, and other than, the, I guess, the Chris Paul situation in the NBA, but really through, you know, baseball season going on, NHL, NBA playoffs, you've had so few of these that it, it allowed us to kind of have that normal feeling again of, all right, we don't have to expect the worst before every single sporting event that we watch. But, yeah, this was kind of a a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Lonnie says, how do you catch a disease you're vaccinated against? Because they're not not perfect. Uh, There's still a chance you can get it, even with the the vaccine. Um, the, The most important thing with the vaccines is that they greatly reduce how effective it is against you, even if you get it. That's that's kind of the, the sticking point, no pun intended. 
but they are effective. Uh, they are working. Whether or not I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going down that road because I, I know we talked about it some on Friday and we had some of the conspiracy stuff sent our way. And I just I don't want to get down that road. Um, the numbers tell you that they're working. Deaths are way, 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 way down. And I, I read something this weekend that most of the ones that are left are from unvaccinated people. The numbers are down. They are working, but they're not 100 percent. Very effective. And once you get it, you should be able, I mean, you know, you should be able to live your life however you want regardless. But once somebody is vaccinated, they should not be subject to testing or anything like that anymore. That's how it should how it should go. Uh, the NFL's protocols for the upcoming season, I believe it's if you're vaccinated, you only have to test like once every week, I think. And it, it, I, are they still getting tested once a week? Because I thought it was basically done. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, if they reach the 85% threshold with their team. Right. Yep. Then you don't have to. If you as a team get to that benchmark, then you don't have to at all. That's how it should be. That's, uh, that's how it should be. But they, no, they're not perfect. But they, they are working. And that's just, that's factual. And so I hope none of you come at me with stuff you saw on Facebook because that's the truth. They are working. Do you think NC State will have a legal dispute ahead with the NCAA? It depends on... I would. I mean, I'm sure you've got some law professors or something around campus that you could at least consult with. Because football played with COVID positives. Basketball played with COVID positives. Mississippi State took 22 players to Athens. And they were <laughs> able to keep, put up a valiant effort. The more people effort. I talk to, that number keeps getting smaller. You know? <laughs> it's like that fish I caught five years ago. It keeps getting bigger. Right. You know? But, you know, I'm being sarcastic about it. But really, that situation did happen. And whatever the number was, I can't remember. Yeah, COVID it's in forced, the 40s. Right. COVID forced them to play at a number that probably isn't great for player safety. But they were able to still get the games in. In this, you have six players that were going to be out. You still have enough to field a roster, and the NCAA just cancels it. So, yeah, I, I think you absolutely have a case for lost program revenue, whatever you want to conjure up as, as the actual basis of the the lawsuit. You can definitely yeah. do something. Call them out on their hypocrisy. You can't send a team home and brag about attendance. Darned if you do, darned if you don't. Exactly. I mean, th- that's really what bothers me the most about this. It's how they handled it, the the complete lack of transparency through the entire process. Ending a team season at 2.30 in the morning, their local time, and then the next day, the next day, bragging about attendance. It wasn't safe for NC State's 20-plus players who do not have the virus to play. But, buddy, it's safe to put 22,000 people in a stadium. Give me a break. Jason says two things can be true at once. The NCAA is crap. And two, the poor 19-year-olds who have seen the NCAA's contact tracing. Okay. I See, I'm not doing that. The kids got the shot. The kids that tested positive that couldn't play got the shot. I No. I'm not, I'm not going down the they should have known better or whatever. I feel terrible for them. Especially the ones that got it and still had to get tested and still had their season ruined. He also says they're worried about getting sued. 
think Steven's right about that. It's certainly not about safety. When half the players are vaccinated, a bunch more have certainly already had it, and they're healthy kids otherwise. Somebody says State had its chance for rest on Friday. Uh, yes, they could have gotten rest as well and not thrown Bedner, but they had to play another game, the same game that Vanderbilt should have had to play. You, I, I, blaming Mississippi State for Vanderbilt getting a free pass without having to throw a lighter is an interesting choice. What do you think about the timing of the rain delay? Do you think the home run had anything to do with it? <laughs> um, if he doesn't hit the home run, do you think they keep playing? Kind of. And again, I don't want to go conspiracy theory here and whatever, but it seemed odd that it was a downpour. Stinnett was having trouble, you know, seemingly finding the strike zone, and that's probably a grip thing. Uh, Then you give up a home run, and then, you know, the next half inning, they call a two-hour rain delay. Yeah. So something was a little weird after that. uh, Kid hit a tank bomb. Yeah, that was a shot. JP and Gula says, me, Borky, I'm the one sending me into God's house thinking about the universal truth. Fat bottom girls, they make the rocking world go around. I think Joey and Madison saying that too. He's saying, I sure am going to church. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, let's be honest here. The, the big man upstairs knows that Queen makes some great music. All right. I, I have a feeling that he'd be okay with that being stuck in your head, you know, as long as you're there. Boyd says, I know this is a sports show, but with a 98% recovery rate better than this is a last-ditch effort for the people who love to control to exercise it. Uh, if you're talking about the, the the vaccine, maybe I'm missing it. I, I don't follow there because they are working. I mean, th- there are people, I, I know them, that have succumbed to this that otherwise were healthy. It's rare, but it does happen, and so... The efficacy of the shot is, that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm not telling you that to go get it or anything. I'm not doing that. I'm not in that position. I'm not a doctor. I'm a 29-year-old uh, producer. That's all I am. Um, so I just see the numbers and, and they're working. That's all. If they had postponed the first Van D.N.C. State game, I could understand it. But they sent them home after they already played. That's another really good point. They played with fewer players. That, that's another sticking point. I mean, all of this is bad. Um, but NC State played Friday with fewer players than they would have had available Saturday. <laughs> There's another one. NC State played with fewer players on Friday than they would have had available Saturday. Yeah, show, I mean, me, show me the, I mean, come on. The NCAA should have to answer some kind of questions on record in front of some kind of panel and outline their logic. Because once they say it out loud, hopefully they would understand how stupid they sound. And... The one, this, the news person in me feels like I have to get this stat out here as far as medical information. About 0.1% of breakthrough hospitalizations, that's all that the, that accounts for. 0.1% of people being hospitalized after they get the vaccine. So just from an efficacy standpoint and from a news person, I feel like I have to get that yep. out there for uh, factual information. So, Look at you. Yeah. Staying always true, doing my job. Staying true to your job. 
either way. Um, it's a shame, really. It's a shame. They could have and should have played. They send a team home for safety, and yet they brag about putting 22,000 people in a stadium. And now, I, you know, I'm not crying conspiracy because that's not why this happened, but now Vanderbilt has a clear advantage over Mississippi State in the championship series that should not exist. They're in it, though. They're in it. The question is, when can you throw Bedner again? You can throw him on two days rest. It's been done before, depending on how he feels. Then the thing that comes up in these questions, you know, Kumar Rocker, when do you throw him? Is you got a draft coming up here in a few weeks. It's tough. It's really tough. Sports Sunday, we'll be right back. All right. 601-879-4395 is the text line, by the way. One of you says, Vandy surely had a game plan and knew their pitching lineup before the game was canceled. They should have at least had to sit the pitcher that was going to be starting the game. Um, Tim Corbin had a quote. I was meaning to get to this. And he said, we got a positive outcome. I don't think the pun was intended, but that's not not all that bad. Uh, He said, we got a positive outcome, and at the end of the day, I don't care what it looks like. We're still here, still playing. And that's just one quote grabbed out of a press conference. I understand that sometimes that can... Uh, be taken out of context and whatnot, but that's not something you should say out loud, even if you believe it internally. And it's not surprising that Tim Corbin would say something like that, considering that he's been feasting off of uh, undeserved advantage that they've had for years. But, man, shut up. You know what you say in that moment? First, just not that. You remove that. But, you know, we don't want to win this way. We hate it for those guys. But we're going to press on. We're going to keep playing. We're focused. We believe that we deserve to be here, and, and we're going to play, and we got a national championship to compete for. That's what you say. A sportsman doesn't want to win the way Vanderbilt did. But, you know, maybe that's not what we're dealing with here. I don't want to win that way. I don't want to get a job as a host somewhere because... The other candidate in the running had something happen to him where he couldn't get the job anymore. I would still accept, of course. But you'd be gracious about it. Unlike Tim Corbin. I don't want to win that way, though. I don't want to advance in life because of somebody else's misfortune. I want to advance in life by being my best. I don't know. I guess it's easy for me to say in this position and not as a coach playing for a national championship, but even if you feel that internally, you don't say that out loud. Well, and a guy like Tim Corbin should know better anyway because Vanderbilt has been in this situation before, not obviously getting kicked out of the thing for COVID. I'm saying in a position to compete for a national championship. So he should understand how special that is, how meaningful that is. And that you need to approach this situation with more class than, eh, we don't care. Sorry, NC State. Sucks for you. We're going to keep on playing. That was not the right 
approach to take in this situation. Kyle says they still have to be a good team. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I am certainly not saying Vanderbilt's winning the championship. I'm more talking about just the, the way they've got there or the way they got there. Um, they will take a special performance for, from Mississippi State, of course, because winning a championship requires that. Vanderbilt does have an edge, though, to in, in a way that they didn't earn it. You know, when the playoff expands to 12, teams will get buys. Well, that'll be earned. They will play one fewer game because they earned that chance. Vanderbilt didn't earn this. JP says, a true competitor will take his break, but they will not be happy about it. No, someone is wired to achieve high things, wants to earn it. That's right. You'll take the break. You'll accept the advancement. Shouldn't be happy about it. Anyway. We had uh, kind of a... It's not necessarily a breakthrough, but the NCAA is going to basically blanket allow everybody to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. They could have done this years ago, but they're doing it now. They're going to do it now. Good of them to rush it ahead of this July 1st deadline. Imagine when, again, they've that, had yeah. years to do it. But just to, to all of a sudden decide, well, Congress didn't do what we asked them to do, you know, recently when they have a million other things to worry about. We're just going to go ahead and, and, and enact. That's a tough couple words to say in a row. But, uh, again, just the, the wrong approach by the NCAA. Of course. I mean, they could have avoided all, all of this, and asking Congress to do your job for you is quite, quite embarrassing. But that's, uh, that's what they do. On the NFL front, Stephen's asking me to react to Jameis Winston workout videos, and... <laughs> you were the first person I thought of when I saw it. <laughs> Let's just say that his tra- his trainer is a creative guy. It just it looks like he's moving in slow motion. In this workout that he's doing, he's moving around these dummies, and the guy's hitting him with like boxing gloves on. Basically, Jameis would have gotten sacked or strip sacked like ten different times in this one thirty second clip. <laughs> oh man. I am going to have to go into a football season supporting Jameis Winston and hoping he does well. That's going to be a weird feeling for me. I don't know how I'm going to take that. Probably not well. Who's the season opener? I forgot. Is it the Packers? No. It's Packers, yeah. It's it's Aaron Rodgers if he shows up. Right. I'm going to have to go... It's just not long from now. Inside of 100 days, what is it? Yeah, you don't have a lot of time to prepare for this. And I'm going to have to go into that game hoping Jameis Winston does well. Because the outcome of the game depends on Jameis Winston performing. That is going to be some kind of torture. Hoping that Jameis Winston outduels Aaron Rodgers. Or Jordan Love. Or Jordan Love. Well, I feel more confident about him out dueling Jordan Love, but next time I get pulled over, I'm going to be like, hey, officer, look, I'm going to have to root for Jameis Winston here in a few months. 
I've got a yeah, lot on well, my mind. Just, I mean, will you just cut me some slack here, man? Because no, no ticket that you can give me is worse than the anxiety I will feel when Jameis Winston takes the field as the starting quarterback for the Saints. All right, man. So yes, I know I was doing fifteen and thirty-five, man. But just just think about that for a second. It's going to be weird that that highlight package. You know, every team does it before the game starts. Drew Brees probably won't be in it just because he's not there, obviously. All they're going to have is that one clip of Jameis throwing the touchdown pass in the playoff game. They're just going to have to play that on repeat as the big highlight package before the opener. Oh, man. Women sweet talk officers, I will tell them that I have to be a Jameis Winston fan. I think it'll have the same effectiveness. I think it'll work out for me, but... Yeah, I saw the workout video. I saw it. I saw it. It. Um... <sighs> That's my comment on that. Here, so <sighs> that about sums it up. I that think that sums it up. That that says a lot. That size <laughs> says so much about Jameis Winston and my uh, confidence in him. Tom Brady had an interesting quote. Stephen brings to me. It was on uh, the shop, right? With the uh, correct on HBO. But LeBron wasn't there. It's his show, but he's not there. Yeah, it's fine. Draymond and Chelsea Handler for some reason. Odd combination. Oh, of people. she's terrible. Yeah, there were. I think there were a couple other people too. But I would figure Ugh. for the episode that Tom Brady's there for, LeBron would be there, but apparently not. Why? Man, LeBron's not man. even still in the playoffs. So what else is he doing? I don't. That's terrible. She's awful. I, I like Draymond fine, but it is cracking me up. It just underscores how pathetic the mindset is around the NBA that Draymond, this time last year, was saying that he need Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix because uh, he needs to go somewhere where he can win. Now Devin Booker's one win away from the NBA Finals, and Draymond Green got eliminated in the play-in game. Just find that rich. Anyway, Brady said, you're sticking with that expletive. Starts with an F. Who do you think he was talking about? He, he was talking about free agency and how he had a couple of options, but a team decided to stick with their guy instead of Tom Brady. And Brady had a, a choice word, starts with mother, that he used directed at this quarterback. They didn't say exactly who. Who do you think it was? I think it's got to be Jimmy G. I think the Patriots drafted Jimmy G. Brady outlasted him somehow and proved that he was still a Super Bowl winning high level greatest of all time quarterback. He had a, you know, the the 49ers had a chance to win that Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Jimmy G couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter and I think Tom Brady took a look at him and said, "You're still going to choose him over me yep. after you saw what I could still do in New England." And then obviously he proved that he can win a Super Bowl still at 43. Insane. Brady wins a Super Bowl if San Francisco makes that trade. 100%. Hmm. One more story for you as we close the show. The day before Mississippi State plays for a national championship. Something happened in cycling yesterday. you got to see it if you haven't yet. I'll tell you what it is next. It's a great sports time, as it turns out. You've got NBA playoffs. NHL, Stanley Cup Finals coming soon. Formula One's off and running. Oh, by the way, Mississippi State's playing for a national championship tomorrow. The 
The Olympic qualifiers, oh, I love those. Love watching the Olympics. Can't wait for that next month. Um, I'm a big track and field guy for like three weeks every four years. It's amazing. And the Tour de France just got started recently. I don't know if you guys saw the viral video yesterday. The Peloton, which is the big group of riders, was moving along and some clown of a lady is holding a cardboard sign. The cool thing, or what used to be the cool thing, I imagine it's probably going to end here soon, was that fans can walk right up to the road. And they, before the the riders come, they spray paint stuff on the road, and they set up tailgates and hold signs and wave flags and all that, and there's no fence. They had kind of a respect thing. They wouldn't get in the way. That's probably going going away now. This lady is holding, in a foreign language, I don't know what the sign says. I haven't seen anybody translate the sign yet either. Do you know what it says? I just tried, and it says, Go Opi Ami. So I'm assuming that the Google translation there is not correct. I'll, I'll keep searching. Hmm. Either way, big cardboard sign. She wants to get that sign on television, so she steps right up next to the road. And if you ever watched cycling, the Peloton covers every inch of the road. These guys are packed in there when they're doing this. And she leans in front of them with her sign to get her sign on TV. Well, problem is, player can't dodge this, or, or rider can't dodge the sign because there's nowhere to go except for forward when they're riding like that. Guy hits the sign. He falls. Everybody behind him crashes and falls as well. Every single person behind him crashes and falls. you got to see the video. Just pull up Google, just Tour de France crash, and you'll see it. You'll see this lady, this absolute moron, who... I mean, maybe there's no real criminal charges to file, but I feel like people like that should be locked up for a week just because. And just get a slap on the back of the head every 10 minutes. Just, you idiot. So, what I found, the sign is a combination of two languages, French and German. Allez means go in French. And then Opie and Omi are German terms for grandpa and grandma. So the sign would translate to go grandpa and grandma. I don't know why that person would be holding that sign. Unless their grandparents were riding in the Tour de France, but I doubt that. She needs to go to jail for just like a week. You know, I mean, she made cyclists crash. So she doesn't need to go to prison, but just in a holding cell for a while. Like a drunk tank. Yeah, and just you did something stupid. Go there for a night or a week or whatever. And I say week. Give her a full week. Yeah, you're harsher. Good cop, bad cop, I guess. And and just have somebody periodically walk by and tell her how stupid she is. And way to ruin a cool thing for everybody, too, by the way. It only takes one person always to ruin something good for everybody. And she probably did that. They're probably going to have far more enforcement of fans and being able to get up next to the road, which was always a cool part about watching that event. Back in the day when you couldn't miss it when Lance Armstrong was riding, and turns out he's a fraud. But um, I love that. The fans are right there, you know, right up on it. That'll be ruined because of her. Last text of the show. Quinn says, man, these dogs are fun to watch. Were they sanitizing those beach balls between tosses? NC State got so screwed. Great show. They are fun to watch, man. I mean, it's just you just knew what was going to happen last night. You just knew it. That's just what they do. It's incredible. 
Do you offer a, a prediction or no, since you guys are on the next couple of days for the, for the series coming up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. I, I was waiting on you to give the prediction. I, well, I was thinking about it. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll, while you think, I'll go state in three. In a dramatic fashion in the third game. Okay. There's a difference between want and will. Very clearly, I would love to talk about a national champion. I think Vanderbilt will win. In part because they'll get game. I think they'll get game one because they get to throw lighter now, and State can't counter with Bedner. I mean, maybe maybe he can throw Tuesday on very short rest, but that's that's where I uh, where I fall. If you get to that game three on Wednesday, then he definitely could pitch. Depends if you can hold out that long. Yeah, though. you can definitely pitch him Wednesday. If yep. you win game one, then you may even consider. Saving Bedner, I don't know. I don't know how you approach that. But want and will are two different things, I suppose. So, anyway. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Glad that you are with us. Enjoy this, State fans. It just doesn't happen very often. So take it in. Get in the car, go to Omaha. You'll get in there before midnight tonight if you leave right now. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.